0: Sav, you said before you even ask how eclipse season is treating us. Just send help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Um, that's that's eclipse season in Scorpio and Taurus for you. And uh, I'm thinking that we should talk a little bit about eclipse season and um and do like a little bit of a, a check in. And um, eclipse season sometimes brings up it it brings up the the things that are wanting to be birthed in our lives but it has a funny way of doing that you know because i think eclipses clear new ways or new paths for new stuff to enter our lives yet it often is felt in the human experience, as like purging something really intense or having to let go of something or someone or some place or, you know, just going through kind of a little bit of a difficult time or a difficult period. And um, I don't think it's unusual to feel like we're at a low point during this eclipse season, especially, especially because, this eclipse, um, well, there's I should say this eclipse is technically in Taurus. That happens on Tuesday of this week. It would be um, November 8th. Yeah, November 8th, morning of November 8th, we'll have the Taurus eclipse. Uh, but we also have, you know, three planets in Scorpio right now, Sun, Mercury, Venus, and our south node answering to Mars in retrograde. So I don't think, I mean, Spark Notes is you're not crazy if <laughs> if you are going through a hard time right now. Um, or you're not, you know, something is not wrong with you if you are feeling like you're having a little bit trouble like stabilizing yourself uh, because the astrological weather is pretty difficult in this moment. Uh, And I think what has been getting me through eclipse season is um, the willingness to make change. And at the same time, knowing when not to push and there's like a subtle nuance to that um because we don't want to force change during an eclipse season we don't want to do something that we're not ready to do or make a change that doesn't feel quite right yet um but we also don't want to sit in stagnant energy when we know something has needed to change for a while um and i think potentially this isn't like you know this isn't 100 percent true but i think you know it's the people who are um you know having an extremely difficult time right now like the the reaction is what is it like there, there's an equal and opposite reaction if that makes sense like the sort of um, the tough time is probably mirroring a tough change that is trying to happen. And uh, yeah, I hope that makes sense in some way. And I was uh, actually last night, um, I was watching uh, the Disney Channel original movie, (laughs) Don't Look Under the Bed. Some of you may be familiar with this movie uh so this was a movie that i found like completely terrifying as a kid and recently i was talking with someone about like the disney channel halloween movies right and like of course there's like the classics like halloween town or twitches right but someone brought up they were like what was that one like scariest shit halloween movie that disney channel would play with like the boogeyman and i I was like oh my god don't look under the bed and if you're familiar with yeah that movie it was like the scariest thing like you know as as a kid like watching that it was it was the scariest disney channel halloween movie and i was like i want to re- re-watch this now for some reason, so last night me and my friend Andy we uh, we rewatched it, <laughs> and um, it's a it's actually like a good movie. I think it's a good movie. It has like an underlying message that kind of is similar to Euphoria. <laughs> if you've ever seen that show. You know, and I think that show has a big message about like how kids grow up too fast and like how teenagers are like corrupted of their youth, um, you know, and all of that. And I think Don't Look Under the Bed had some similar themes, not in a rated R way, Uh, but um, long story short watching this movie that again, I found like absolutely terrifying as a kid. Now I watch it as an adult and there are, I will, I will admit, there were some scenes that still spooked me, uh, but it wasn't like the level of fear that I had as a kid. And it got me kind of thinking that, you know, fear itself has, um, has like a timeline. And how, you know, certain times in our life, a fear can seem so overwhelming and so difficult to overcome. But we often forget that that doesn't necessarily last forever, you know? Uh, And that, like, fear and our relationship to a fear can change and evolve over time. And I think that's sometimes the hard part about eclipse season. The way it can sometimes, like, press us up against a fear, specifically fear of change or fear of letting go. That's typically the tune that eclipse season sings. Um, You know, we're up against that fear, and in that moment of, like, peak fear it's hard to see that one day this won't be as big of a deal or um, you know one day uh, your relationship to this thing that you are so terrified of now is going to completely change and it's 100% possible that one day um, this greatest fear of this moment will not even be in your paradigm of fear later okay and I think that's something important to remember during eclipse season like eclipse season can force us to face something uncomfortable or see something uh uncomfortable about our own selves um and and we do have to remember that sometimes that like peak confrontation of the self, of the fear. um, Again, it's like the scariest part in the scary movie, right? Like it's like, um, you know, the the whole movie is uh, leading up to the suspense of the scariest thing. And then, you know, that's us, you know, having anxiety, you know, and maybe even avoiding ourselves, avoiding a fear, avoiding something we know we have to do, you know, like, there's this huge lead up that can often include something along the lines of, I can't face this, or like, I can't, live without this person or I can't you know show up in a bigger way with my business or whatever you know like fear has this huge lead up that is that I can liken to a literal scary movie Um, like and that's what makes the peak climax of the plot so scary right because partially we've been leading up to that moment the whole movie and we've been tensing up and, and getting scared and having, like, micro-doses of this fear the whole time. And then, finally, like, the peak scary moment in the movie happens. Like, for instance, in in Don't Look Under the Bed, it's, you know, it's when they literally go under the bed, you know, and face the boogeyman. Um, no spoilers, <laughs> though. Won't give too much away. Um, but, uh... Yeah, it's it's available on Disney Plus, Sam. Um, if you wanna if you wanna watch it with your kid, uh, but um, I just think that um, you know the lead up to the fear is often scarier than the the scene itself, and the scene of the ultimate fear in the scary movie is scary, but. Um, what follows, what always follows that theme, typically it's some kind of resolution to the movie. Um, And typically it's a state of um, the main character somehow having this like hero slaying the dragon moment. And that, um, you know, that fear somehow being conquered And that character being able to move on to the next level with their life, you know? Um, And we could say this about a lot of plot lines in general, but specifically the scary movie plot line is often, um, you know, is often, you know, led like as, as that plot line, right? So... I say this, I say this, I say this because eclipse season um, often leads us to think about plot lines. And, you know, I've said this before on a previous witch church, but our last two eclipses were uh, end of April, beginning of March. And then we just had one at the end of October. And now we have our last eclipse of 2022 on November 8th. So what plot line has been unraveling and what fear plot line has been (laughs) you know has been you know being dealt with by you or being ignored by you and you know when it comes to overcoming fear um how can we begin to not just like face the fear because sometimes we're not always ready for that but how can we even just acknowledge that one day this won't be such a overwhelming thing (laughs) you know um and again I've probably said this before because I just feel like this message is is prevalent in this period of time with Mars retrograde and eclipse season but um like every time I think of something really scary that I've faced. You know, like a scary thing that I faced like a year ago or two years ago or whatever. And I think about what that fear is to me now. It's not a fear anymore. You know, it's it's not this big thing anymore. And so often, not always, but like 99% of the time the suspense of facing the thing is worse than the actual facing of the thing. <laughs> you know, you know, and one thing I will say too, another thing I've been watching is uh, Game of Thrones, and I've never watched Game of Thrones before because, to be honest, like I'm super sensitive to violent um, you know, shows, uh, movies. Uh, I've always been like that as a highly sensitive person. I can watch very little, um, you know, very little things <laughs> that are scary. Uh, but it's funny because um, <laughs> I've been, this has like been my like bit. Um <laughs> this has been my my comedy bit for like the past month. But like, I'm like, ever since I've been on Prozac, I can watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> like there's something about what it does like to stabilize my <laughs> my anxiety or like my neurodivergence or whatever it is like i can actually sit through some of the scenes that i was not able to sit through before so i'm watching the show right and um yeah and i uh i'm just thinking like if you've ever seen game of thrones it's like yeah, a very violent, crude, um hard to watch time. And although it is fantasy and in this world, you know, there are things like giants and dragons and things like that. Um I uh I do watch the show and think, "Wow, like there are a lot of us that have literally lived our souls have lived through something like that. Like, in a disturbing way. I mean, sometimes I get the message that out of all the planets and all of the galaxies and all of the, you know, pods of aliveness that we don't know about on the universe, like, I I really do think Earth is like the barbarian planet um, in a lot of ways. Like, I, I don't think that other places... In the universe like you know torture each other and kill each other and you know uh, hurt each other in the way that we do like i almost feel like sometimes earth is like this dumping ground (laughs) of of karma but why do souls even come to this planet i think it's because we can have a deeper experience though of like love and the spectrum of human emotion so You know, keep that in mind. It's not just like this horrible hellscape, although it sometimes feels like that. Where was I going with this? Well, you know, if your soul has been like living on earth, like for a while in different bodies, like, yeah, like how many of us have, have, been through our soul's history has been through something like really terrible like game of thrones terrible like we saw our farmer dad get slain by some you know wild thing or we saw like our horse get slaughtered or we watched a public beheading or we you know um i don't know we're falsely accused of something and we're executed ourselves and like hu- and i know this sounds really dark but i'm just like humans are such barbarians and and, <laughs> and there's something about like that that is still present today in the sense that some of our fears and our fear stories that we're working through right now in this very minute are karmic, are related to past life stories and, and things that we've seen. So no wonder why it's so scary, right? Like, um, no wonder why some sometimes fears feel just like we can't even get past them. Well, yeah, I would feel that. My soul would feel that way, too, if, like, there was some soul-level Game of Thrones trauma from... A past life that I've been carrying around forever, and and now I have to you know figure out how to face that in this lifetime. I might be getting a little too zoomed out, a little too Pisces Aquarius here. This is clearly by Pisces Sun uh, Mercury and Aquarius speaking, but you know the spark notes would be that some of the fears that we're facing right now may have something to do with this incarnation right now but you know during eclipse season the nodes are involved and the nodes truly you know speak to our karma um, of our souls and our past life stories and sometimes that's why a fear is so difficult to face because in a past life we were killed for it or it affected our survival or um, whatever you know and if you don't buy into past lives you can also think of this as like ancestral stories or um, things that like your grandma or great grandma, great grandfather would have passed through the DNA and things that you still are, are carrying because trauma absolutely is an imprint in our, our nervous system and our energy that can very well get passed down through the ancestral lineage. Oh, and Sam, I literally see you just said, we definitely have ancestral memories and trauma. Definitely, definitely. Uh. Last night, for some reason, I found myself telling um, Andy about uh, my grandma, who I think I've told this story somewhere, maybe on the podcast or whatever, but my grandma, um, we don't know who her dad is. And uh, she like, was born out of wedlock, and, you know, some other, her dad, her stepdad, you know, adopted her, and, you know, her whole life, up until, like, 80, she was just, like, thought that was her dad, and, you know, in the process of getting, trying to get our Italian dual citizenships, um, we figured out that we're like, oh, grandma doesn't have a dad. (laughs) and it's kind of funny it's like it's like who's grandma's baby daddy like i personally want to figure out this mystery because i'm convinced that we have like like what if we have rich cousins who live on like lake como or something like i i would like to meet them and have my wedding at lake como if that is (laughs) if that is a possibility so like i'm trying to figure out like okay who are these who are these long lost cousins that are like family members that were related to but um anyways yeah like that story of my grandma not having a dad you know or having a dad we don't know who he is oh you better believe that's very much that trauma is somewhere in me and in my story and weaved into some of my fears and perhaps even weaved into some of the relationship with my own dad you know um for sure my mom and all of my grandma's children have major daddy issues you know is that a coincidence no because my grandma her true dad was never in her life we don't know who he is that's that's a literal and metaphorical to a lot of the family's ancestral trauma you know so A lot of, yeah, Allison, a lot of hot family goss could be coming up (laughs) during eclipse season. You know, a lot of these uh, fears and how our personal fears aren't as personal as we may think, as our egos may tell us. Our personal fears that we're trying to overcome right now may be linked to ancestral stories, past life stories. There may be a lot of karmic reckoning things going on right now, and really, you know, our our fear has a timeline. Fear is not a fixed emotion that continues with the same intensity forever. Fear is uh, something that grows in intensity and has like a peak climactic moment, typically. And then lessons in intensity. Remember that. Just remember that this this eclipse season, maybe even work with that concept. Um, I would even say uh, I have temperance here as our card of the week. And uh, I'm thinking like temperance because we're like pouring the past and the future together and tempering them slowly um, I think I think there's something about like exposure therapy that we can liken to the temperance card. and exposure therapy is exposing ourselves to a fear in a safe way that allows us to have a corrective experience and have the fear. Lesson and, and stop having, you know, power over us. Um, so exposure therapy, I mean, traditionally is done with, um, like OCD patients or whatever. And, um, you know, I definitely in the past have existed on, you know, the OCD spectrum in some way or have, have had symptoms of, um, different OCD tendencies like for instance uh like germophobia is a big thing for me fear of vomiting in the past has been a big thing not wanting to touch certain things like kind of stuff like that and you know the the sort of exposure therapy stuff that I've done you know it's like I pick up the french fry (laughs) with my bare hands. And there's a fear that's like, okay, I'm gonna eat this. And, you know, my hands have germs on them and now I'm gonna get sick and throw up, right? Like that's, I guess the the reasoning. But then when I pick up that French fry and I eat it and nothing happens, <laughs> you know, that's exposure therapy. You know, that's, a, that's an example of what exposure therapy is um, or has been in my life, right? And I think in a weird way, there's there's some exposure therapy going on with all of us in some way with our fears during eclipse season. Um, so, Corey, you said, this has been very present for me. It's not always going to be this way, has been my mantra. Totally, totally, totally. Um, let's go through the rising signs like super, super quick and talk about like the areas of life we might be doing, like some kind of fear story rewriting exposure therapy thing um and i'll and i'll go really fast I'll, I'll go fast and i'll kind of group together the the rising signs because um we can kind of cover more in a way that's more efficient uh but let's actually start with Capricorn rising and Cancer rising, um, all year the eclipses have been going through 5th house, 11th house stuff. So for the Capricorn Cancer risings, 5th house, 11th house eclipses may have something to do with um, facing the fear of showing up in community. Um, Maybe even landing ourselves in communities that weren't exactly aligned with our values, realizing that certain friendships or even certain like romantic relationships weren't exactly in alignment anymore with where we are going. I could definitely see Cancer Capricorn risings, you know, purging a friend that they thought they would have forever or, you know, some kind of hookup situation kind of walking away from that. Um, I could also see Capricorn Cancer Risings maybe kind of being on a little bit of an artist's way journey in the sense of like facing what, um, what has been holding them back from their truest expression of creativity and um, kind of facing some of those artistic or creative demons, if you will, that kind of keep us in that imposter syndrome thing. Um, I think that could definitely be a Cancer Capricorn rising thing during these eclipse seasons. And maybe something is actually going to purge and resolve come this week, come Tuesday, November 8th. Um, Now let's see Aquarius Leo risings. These eclipses have been going through 4th house, 10th house stuff. So we've got for sure some of you changes in career changes in home life um yeah like physical locational changes or things that have to do with real estate and and moving and regrounding um there could be a feeling of being uprooted from either the home life or career path in some way many aquarius leo risings are maybe have been feeling out of alignment with the career stuff for a while, and finally, you know, figuring out how to begin anew in a different way. Um, And also, I think some Aquarius Leo risings might be maybe facing their own fear of their own authority. Like, it's almost like this emperor moment where it's like, Where have I been fearing taking up space? Or, you know, I've spent five years being pissed at my idiot boss, but when am I gonna realize that what's being mirrored to me is that I'm the boss? (laughs) You know, like I have the capabilities to be the boss. So maybe I need to allow myself to actually go after the promotion instead of sulking and imposter syndrome and being pissed at my boss, (laughs) you know, like that kind of feels like a 10th house, fourth house eclipse. Also, Leo Aquarius risings could very much be facing, um, maybe childhood trauma relationship with parents and kind of uprooting that stuff in order to heal and, and kind of move forward with a new narrative. Um, Pisces, Virgo risings, um, Pisces and Virgo risings, the eclipses have been going through third house, ninth house stuff for you. So some Pisces and Virgo risings have decided to go back to school. Some have decided to potentially stop going to school because it was too expensive or it wasn't in alignment with their true path. Um, but regardless, I think Pisces and Virgo Risings have all decided to learn something new. I actually know a Pisces rising who also decided to like buckle down and really finish their book. Um, But in order to do that, you know, in order to finish their book, they had to kind of face some of that internalized academic uh, sort of uh, trauma, I guess, in order to really sit down and allow themselves to finish this book. Um, But also the third house is involved with uh, Pisces, Virgo rising. So sometimes the third house can have to do with literal themes with siblings. But uh, I'm thinking about the third house as the place of writing, the place of communication, the place of community. So and also it's like it's like a mental place in, in, in the chart. So I think there are definitely some narratives changing about what you are capable of, what you are capable of teaching, learning, um, and sometimes even going back to school and being a student again, that can be fucking scary. So I could see a lot of Pisces, Virgo, risings actually deciding, you know what, I'm okay, I'm gonna go back to school and I'm gonna be okay with being the student again. You're never too old to learn something new, you know, that might be the Pisces, Virgo, rising lesson at this moment. Um, Now, Aries, Libra rising, we have the eclipses going through second house, eighth house stuff. So the second house is what are my talents and how do I, um, you know, how do I value my talents and how do I potentially use my talents as um, a material resource? And eighth house stuff is like, where are my material resources intertwined with other people's material resources? So Aries and Libra risings, a lot of you could be working on paying off debts right now. That could be physical, material debts or emotional debts to other people Um, or uh, emotional debts that you've had with yourself that have to do with like shame and guilt that you've carried for a while Um, and some Aries Libra risings are maybe figuring out how to, you know, better manage their finances, but it's more than that. It's like, how do I want to set up my life where I am attracting abundance in ways that feels aligned, aligned to me in some way? Um, okay. And then. We've got the Taurus and Scorpio Risings who are arguably feeling this the most because these eclipses are in Taurus and Scorpio, right? Um, Taurus and Scorpio Risings. There's some big stuff that's going on with identity, um, potentially your sexual identity or gender expression. um, Also potentially relationship stuff and i wouldn't be surprised if some some taurus and scorpio risings are meeting really important people at this moment and some people are struggling to you know walk away from from important relationships that were no longer that are no longer in alignment you know like that could very much be scorpio taurus um risings Some of you are maybe even facing the fear of connection itself. (laughs) Um, Some of you uh, may be realizing some relationship patterns that you're kind of working through. And I think it's just a really good moment to transform how you've been showing up, potentially facing attachment trauma or codependency stuff. And I think this eclipse season is ultimately aligning you to attract, you know, potentially a partner that really is in alignment, you know. Um, Finally, Gemini and Sagittarius rising. These eclipses have been going through the sixth house, twelfth house. Yeah, sixth house, twelfth house. And here we're talking about mind, body, spirit, health, Um, mental health. Um, We're talking about our ability to care for oneself, our ability to set boundaries in order to get the alone time that we need, but also maybe facing the parts of us that want to isolate when things get hard. Um, I'm thinking about, uh, for some reason, the concept of like, I'm not perfect and like kind of delaying our life because of that notion, you know, is coming up. I don't know why that just is coming to mind. Um, And I think some Gemini Sagittarius Risings have been literally maybe facing some health challenges or maybe finding the healers, doctors, holistic practitioners, that are in alignment with their healing journey. It's possible that, you know, Gemini Sag Rising could be truly finding like a really great therapist or a really great acupuncturist at this moment, but it comes from being able to address, I think the energetic issue that is beneath, I think many, many different illnesses are arguably all illness. I think has a, has an energetic imprint as well as a physical symptom. Um, so that's, that's kind of what comes through. Alex, you said, I don't want to face this smell. Ha ha. (laughs) Yep. You know, that's why we taught. Yep. That's why we talked about the, um, the fear story, um, the fear plot line, you know, and, um, I actually think, yeah, if we really want to get to, like, I don't want to face this, usually that comes before, right before we're about to face it, you know? <laughs> in the fear plot line, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, so think about your fear plot line in relation to the houses that I just uh, read. Um, let Temperance, uh, the card, be your guiding light this week with Eclipse season. And, um, let's see, do we have anything to look forward to? (laughs) Yeah, let's, let's end this on a high note, too, because, um, Tuesday is the Eclipse Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. So Venus Venus isn't going to move out of Scorpio for another week. But Venus will pass through the square. Is she doing that today? Yeah, today. Today, Sunday, November 6th venus is passing through the square with saturn she's past the opposition with uranus she's getting further separation from those aspects so venus is getting a little bit of a break this week although she's still in scorpio you know she's cooking she's she's getting past the worst of uh the worst of everything you know in her journey of scorpio and you know, now she's heading towards the trine with Jupiter and Pisces, which is kind of cute. And I and I do like a Venus, uh, Venus-Jupiter trine. And I'm also thinking about how Mars on Thursday will retrograde into 24 degrees Gemini. Why does that make a difference? Well, Mars stationed at 25 Gemini. So I just feel like Oh, it's like, take the needle out of my arm, doctor. You know, we're like, <laughs> you know, like we're just like, oh, like the, sti- the pebble in my shoe. I can't fucking get it out until Mars leaves 25 Gemini. But he will leave 25 Gemini on Thursday. Uh, so at least Mars is almost speeding up, slowly, but surely speeding up in the retrograde process you know, he's speeding up, but still going backwards, but still Mars, they're not going to be sitting at, at that 25 stationary degree for much longer, which hopefully is, um, going to be a little bit of a mental relief. Okay. Um, so that's what I have for you all today. Um, if you are facing a fear right now, you are not alone and I would love to be of service to you in some way. So let me know if I can, pull a card for you if I can send you a prayer um you know yeah let me know let me know comment below if I can help you in any way I have specifically some openings in my books this week on Thursday my openings for the next two weeks are slightly slightly limited just because I am um I'm taking another astrologer certification course with OPA, and those are kind of timely courses, uh, or like they take up a lot of time, So I and they're on the weekend, so I can't see as many people on the weekend as I usually do, but I do have Thursday pretty wide open right now if you've been wanting to step into my office. And um, what else? What else? Uh, I'm going to send a newsletter, hopefully today, but this week for sure, about holiday gift cards and year ahead readings. So those are cooking in the background. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's about it right now. Um, so thank you guys as always for continuing to support my business and I just... I love having sessions with you all, and it's always, yeah, it's always so great to have someone pop into the office. and And do do note too that I do pr- always offer sliding scale. You just have to email me. Um, so if you are in need of a sliding scale session for whatever reason, um, let me let me know, um, and we can work something out. Okay. Uh. So. Lauren, you said, I would love an anchor card for this week. Okay, cool. Lauren, you got the uh, page of pentacles, which is cute because I think um, maybe this week you are kind of letting a part of your inner child sort of lead you. Um, I'm thinking about how the page of pentacles as a kid might learn to associate their worth with the level of productivity, you know, they're they're kind of able to do or the grades that they're getting. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about like, what could be healing for the Page of Pentacles? Well, really letting them excitement and passion be their motivation, not necessarily just productivity for the sake of being productive. And I also think that um, Lauren, like anything you can do to cultivate like a sense of curiosity, curiosity about life, curiosity about who you are and who you're becoming, uh, could be really beneficial this week. So feels like feels like a week of discovery in some way for you, um, Corey. You said I'd love a card for this eclipse. all these cards are falling on the floor okay sorry cory that this like that card literally went completely (laughs) under my chair i'm gonna try to get it out Uh, okay there we go um okay cory you got the six of pentacles and um i'm thinking that you're going to be wanting to be really aware of um, who you are helping, giving, saying yes to this week. And part of me just looks at this card and feels like the advice is like, um, you know, save your energy for you. And uh, everybody's probably going to be processing a lot of emotions this week. And I think that you shouldn't you know i don't know it it just feels like reserve that's the word that comes to mind reserve your energy for yourself again that might sound selfish and i'm not saying you know you know you can't help a friend or answer the phone but just be careful about how much you're giving and how much you really can give at this moment emotionally spiritually energetically and um you have permission, you know, to, to say no, like, I can't help you this week because I need to, you know, center myself or whatever. You don't even need to give an excuse. That's the thing too about the six of pentacles. Uh, Gabby. Hey Gab, you said I would love a card drawn for me this week. Yes. King of swords, king of swords. Um, yes. Yeah, speaking of game of thrones, uh, Gabby, I'm thinking about, um, the King of Swords can sometimes be a little bit hard on their themselves. And I think there is a time when the King of Swords can help us, um, cultivate some sense of discipline, like self-discipline, you know, in order to achieve a goal or, do well at work or um, you know do whatever set a boundary but other times the shadow side of the king of swords is when we have maybe lost compassion for ourselves or haven't been the most compassionate inner parents to ourselves in a while and it's funny because the page of cups kind of hopped out here for some reason and And yeah, like maybe, maybe your inner child is needing just a little bit more compassion from you at this moment. And think of where you've been forcing something or forcing yourself into some, you know, frequency of rigidity or strictness. And where can you actually loosen that up and be more flexible with what you need? Okay. Um... Sam, you said, my natal Venus is in Scorpio. No wonder this has been a little rough. Would love a card for support, Mal. Yeah, Sam. It's so funny. One of my best friends is a Venus in Scorpio. And yeah, she called me the other day and just told me the most Venus in Scorpio story ever about something that happened to her. And yeah, this is is a really interesting Venus return for the Venus in Scorpios just because... Venus was, you know, squaring Saturn, or is squaring Saturn right now, and was opposing Uranus, and was on the south node, and and finally, again this week, hopefully, Venusian things will improve slightly, just because now Venus is traveling towards the trine with Jupiter, so there's that, um, but Sam, you have the world here, and, um, I think there is something, too, with, um, it doesn't necessarily feel like an ending. It's not like the end, but it it does feel like there's some kind of cycle wrapping up. And maybe there's some kind of phase of life that is sort of, you know, birthing right now. And there's something else that's kind of wrapping up and, you know, it can be, have a little bit of a bittersweet taste, I think, because sometimes we're excited for the new cycle. But also sometimes we already know, wait, there's challenges in this new cycle. And I know this new cycle isn't going to last forever. But like, there's some challenge that is arising. And um, maybe, maybe this is a time of strategy and structure. You know, the world is the card of Saturn. Mars is in retrograde, we could say that a keyword for Mars in retrograde is re Re-strateg- re Is that a word? So yeah, how can you make this bittersweet opening of the new cycle? How can you make it a little less stressful, a little bit more enjoyable through structure, through strategy? Jess. Hey, Jess, you said, can I have a card for the week ahead? Yeah, totally. Ooh, Jess, I'm excited for you. Um, by the way, guys, give Jess some snaps because she uh, messaged me this week that she's got uh, she got hired at a new position through her work, and it makes sense because uh, uh, six of wands, three of wands is here, and I think this is all about you know having confidence in yourself and even getting excited about the changes that you're wanting to make in this new position and it's a time of really believing in yourself believing in your gifts believing in your powers um sometimes right before we're about to turn on the new road we start to think like oh god like am i supposed to be on this road um but i'm getting like you know everything's aligning and uh i think it's just a time of of new energy and that might be something the achilles heel of it all like you're so excited (laughs) to go into this new chapter that we forget that right now the planet of energy is retrograde so we can easily burn ourselves out we can easily go too hard so just be careful about that like make sure you're you're building your energetic reserve because Mars will be in retrograde until January and be in Gemini until March. So make sure you save some juice for February and March, you know, and don't use all the juice right now. Katie, you said, thanks, Mal, Been a long time since I've been here. I would love a card poll for the week. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see you, Katie. Ace of Swords. Love that for you. I think there's like, uh, maybe like a new idea or a new action that's been on your mind for a while, but maybe there's been some like personal setback or personal narrative that has been holding you back. And something about the Ace of Swords kind of says like, not only do I have this new idea, but I'm capable I am capable of implementing this idea. I'm capable of investigating how this idea could, you know, come about and birth a, a new chapter in my life. And sometimes the Ace of Swords can be about communicating this this new idea to others and saying what we need to say in order to clear the way for something new to come about. So I kind of like this, Katie, how can you use your, your voice and your mind as the conduit for, um, for, for something that could be like a problem solver? Yeah. Like how is, yeah. How is your voice and your ideas a problem solving energy and how can you use those in a strategic way? Uh, Ellis, you said, um, can I have a card for how to deal with change and go about being alone? Page of wands. Nice, Ellis. Um, yeah, we got some inner child work going on. And, uh, let me tune into this for a second. (sighs) Yeah, okay, so, um, I'm getting, like... There's two there's two ways to see, aloneness, um, and I think uh, it's interesting because sometimes I tell people like how much I love um, solo travel. Like I fucking love going places by myself. Solo travel is the best, and I I sometimes say that and most people will reflect back to me. I could never do that. What if I got lonely? Or like, what if I got bored? Or like, wouldn't I want to share these memories with someone? Which is fair and valid. And, um, but I will say that solo travel isn't always solo. Because when you're alone, um, sometimes you have the audacity (laughs) to do something that you don't typically do right like that happened a lot to me and when i was in mexico city over the summer like i was going to yoga classes by myself and making friends and going out to dinner with people that i didn't really know and like you know that that aloneness was actually a catalyst for connection And it was connection in a new way. And if I was with a friend or with a significant other, I wouldn't, I would have not met as many people as I did in Mexico city. So I just feel like Ellis, just because you're walking the path alone doesn't mean, or like as a single person or a single human or whatever, doesn't mean that you're actually going to be alone the entire time. And like, what if aloneness is actually the the motivation or the trampoline for some of the coolest connections you've ever made? And um, yeah, and like, what if aloneness is the very thing that leads to more connection with others? Whereas like when you were connected with a significant other, what if that was just kind of, you know, cutting off your connection with other you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying there, Ellis? Hopefully that makes sense. Um Okay, hey Stephanie. You said I'd love a card to read. a card for career. Thanks. Okay, nine of swords. Um Yeah, nine of swords. I think uh Stephanie, maybe there's something going on with like uh like kind of figuring out how a passion project is now turning into something that could actually be like a source of stability or a source of more income and I don't know if this has to do with like your vintage clothing uh you know business stuff but yeah maybe there's some some worries about like you know this is successful but how successful do I really want it to be or like how big do I really want to grow it or um, how much stability can really come from it and I think the thing is though that right now it might not be completely the time to try to figure all of this out even astrologically there's a little bit of a turn a good turn of events come this spring and I feel like it's almost better to hang loose right now with a lot of our business stuff and just kind of see what ideas we're collecting, what what things are coming to us, what things are being reflected back to us, and not put so much pressure on things right now. And I do think that you are slowly figuring things out, but it's not going to be figured out up here you know it's going to be figured out by waiting to see what the universe is putting in your path and handing you um so keep that in mind stephanie um alexandra you said can i please have a card for this week i have been feeling out of place and no energy (sighs) yeah yeah we've got uh eight of swords knight of swords in reverse um yeah, sometimes we, some, this is kind of coming to mind, Alexandra, like um, letting ourselves surrender to to the fact that we need rest, letting ourselves surrender to the fact that um, when we don't have energy and we're f- kind of in the uh, sort of frequency of burnout, um, we can spend our time lying on the couch, getting the rest that we need, or we can spend our time lying on the couch thinking, oh my god, I'm so lazy, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And that only exacerbates the the burnout itself, right? So I actually think, Alexandra, maybe reevaluate the strategy in which you are resting, the strategy in which you are tending to your burnout, and maybe just allow yourself to be in this, um, kind of vibe of no energy, because what is that actually telling you? Well, not having energy is, is telling you that you've been pushing yourself too hard. And, and what can you do with that information to, to be kind and compassionate with yourself? um Emma you said I'm about to make a big move back across the country so I would absolutely love a card for my safe travels and transitioning into my next assignment oh cool Emma I'm curious to know what state you're heading to next and you got the four of pentacles so I'm getting that like the current place that you have been hanging out in for a while um has been like a really great place of growth and maybe is even a place that you see yourself like seriously settling down in the future and there's a little bit of yeah resistance of letting it go because there's been some really good things to happen in this place um and it's almost like will could another place compare to this or like you know will this next location really give me all of the lessons that I wanted to or all of the things that I got from this current place right and I think this is all about letting yourself expand beyond like these limitations that only one place can be the best and and uh instead expanding into like the next chapter will be different than this chapter, and the next place will have different lessons, different challenges, different things that I will enjoy, and just letting those things be different instead of comparing them in a limiting way. Um, it almost reminds me of, like, for some reason, Spirit showing me the um, concept of, like, someone having twins, and, like, these twins always being comp- compared when in reality they're their own people and their own essence and just let this next place be its own thing and reveal itself to you i think that's the that's the advice um and uh blue moon cocoon you said i would love a card if you have time to help guide my north node is in taurus my south node in scorpio i'm a sag and i'll be treating myself to a reading for my birthday oh i'm i'm looking forward to Uh, Meeting with you, Blue Moon, and uh, it's funny, my south node is in Taurus, north node is in Scorpio, so we have flipped nodes, Um, but let's see here, yeah, it's a card for um, Blue Moon's nodal return would be the correct, the astrological um, vocab word for that transit that the nodal return. Queen of Wands. Uh, yeah, how have you been your worst enemy? How have you been holding yourself back from the things that you actually want to be doing? And um, how has societal conditioning, or family conditioning, or the fear of judgment been an imprisoning force? And how can you judge yourself and your path a little bit less and do things a little bit more out of the norm. Uh, Give yourself permission to go the unconventional route and shake some things up for yourself because the queen of wands is all about embracing our, what we truly want out of life without this fear of judgment or fear of like, what it will mean. You know, it's almost like, no, just like do what what you want. (laughs) like live your live your life in in a way that you want to live it and you know you don't even have to ask for other people's opinions like you know just just do it other people may give you their opinions but know that other people's opinions are uh typically a projection of their own selves right and not actually about you sarah you said if you have time mal i'd love a card for this week's eclipse your cards are always spot on Ah, oh, thanks okay uh oh sarah king of pentacles so yeah this clip eclipse is definitely allowing you to challenge and and also overcome maybe some fears that you have about being a leader and your potential effectiveness of being a leader and I think the King of Pentacles is just kind of arriving at a new, a new vibe of their own leadership potential and, and kind of knows that, um, you know, being a leader isn't about like blowing a whistle at the team, but it's about like running laps with the team themselves. And I think there's something about your leadership potential in this moment that's really special. And if you get too caught up in the imposter syndrome of it all, uh, you won't actually allow yourself to, I don't know, to to fully actualize what you have to offer the world. Um, And what you have to offer the world requires you to take up space. So, you know, just a light light, um, reading uh, uh, I'm reading all of your little comments here, um, oh, Jess, you said everyone book with Mal, her readings are legit, Ah, oh, that's sweet, um, glad that resonated, uh, Gabby, Stephanie, and Sam, uh, Emma, you're gonna be in New Orleans, oh, that is cool, I'm excited to see this, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see that, Emma. Um, uh, hey, Jamie. Cool, my friends. Alexandra, you said, thanks, Mal. I tend to feel guilt when I'm not moving, but lately my body is screaming rest. Guys, what do I the first, The first part of healing is literally just listening to our bodies when they say they need rest, I think that's why we get so tired when we start to kind of face our trauma or go on the healing journey it's like we have to catch up on all the rest we haven't allowed ourselves to have our whole lives and uh rest shame is real (laughs) you know the rest shame that comes from our ancestral wounding and and societal conditioning is very real and it doesn't allow us to fully sleep the way that we need to breathe the way that we need to take pauses the way we need to so sometimes the most radical thing we can do for ourselves on our spiritual path is uh rest and take a nap and go to bed early and prioritize getting eight hours of sleep if we can um yeah and uh yeah i could talk about <laughs> I could talk about the metaphysics of sleep and how sleep and our ability to rest is very much related to the health of our nervous system. But, um, I think I'll, I'll stop there <laughs> and, uh, it's just about eleven eleven, So good time to stop and, um, sending you all lots of love. If we have an appointment later today, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Um, Thank you all for the support as always, and I look forward to getting through this eclipse season uh, together. Okay, so thank you so much, and we will, as far as I know, talk next week.